Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today's show number 40. Today's guest is Melissa Ambrosini. Uh, you might remember her from her past life as an actor in Pack to the Rafters and Home and Away and The Cut and things like that. But there was a time that Melissa's life wasn't quite as rosy as we see it to be these days where she hit a rock bottom and from there propelled herself to give the gifts of everything she learned and become a motivational speaker, a life coach, a self-love teacher, and someone who helps us master our mean girl. She's also now, of course, a best-selling author with her incredible book, By That Name, Master Your Mean Girl. And today's show is really an exploration into the benefits of self-care and how essential it is. I think, you know, we gloss over this thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'll have a cup of tea, that's my self-care. But really, there are a lot of people out there feeling guilty about self-care and feeling like you need to sneak some time to yourself or steal a few moments away. And today is really about reframing, shifting our mindset and understanding understanding, really understanding just how important it is to look after ourselves. Because from there, the energy flows into being able to do all the things that are A, expected of us in life from the people around us and daily life needs in general, but also how much we can then give because we've actually paid attention to our own energy and our own sense of fulfilment. Uh, and uh, she's just wonderful at at helping us do that and so many practical ideas as well as really sharing that it's not always rosy and what to do when it isn't and how to step out of funks and all the things that all of us have to do. But we sometimes think that, oh, people like Melissa, you know, it's easy for them because this is their whole life. It's what they teach. So they've got plenty of time for mastering their mean girl. But no, she's living a life just like all of us. And, and I think you're really going to enjoy what she has to say. I know I sure did. Now, today, our show supporter is once again Emporio Organico. And if you haven't been on the site yet, please jump on because you have one more week to benefit from 20% off on the whole store with the Low Tox Life code. And there, like, I don't know too many shops online that have the the crazy range of things available from, as I said last week, you know, you could be buying jewellery or probiotics. And I think it really encompasses Kit's uh, the owner of the business's favourite things in the world. She loves helping people heal their guts and, and work on gut health through her work as a GAPS practitioner but also recognises that women love beautiful things and we love to surround ourselves with useful, beautiful objects and she really does keep only useful, beautiful things in her store. There's some brilliant low-tox cookware, low-tox lunch boxes, incredible makeup from some of my favourite brands. You know, you'll find things like Kajar Weiss, Lilo, Lily Lilo, uh, Valida, uh, Willida, sorry, we pronounce it here, and uh, and many, many more of my favourite um, brands. Really curated to be a very useful store as well as a gorgeous store. So make the most of that 20% off you have one more week. 
Let's kick into today's show and let's actually learn to master that mean girl. Now, I know we have a lot of gents who listen to this show and I really think the modern male is starting to, even though men tend to be a little better at looking after themselves and drawing lines in their lives, the the sheer busyness of daily modern life these days, especially if you live in an urban environment, I reckon there might be a few tips that'll come out of this show for our male listeners as well. But I totally get it if you want to skip this week. However, I urge you to actually just be curious and and see what we're all going on about anyway. Enjoy the chat with myself and Melissa today. Hello, Melissa. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you here. Uh, Gosh, where do we start in talking to you and all the goodness that's going to come out of your beautiful brain today? I... I guess, look, what's the best thing that's happened to you this week? Mm, Well, I am always wanting to be the best version of myself. I'm always wanting to grow and learn and evolve and be better than I was a moment ago. And one thing that my husband and I do is, you know, every three to six months we will ask our 11-year-old Uh, my 11-year-old stepson, so his son, Mm. to rate us as parents. Oh, wow. We say on a scale of 1 to 10, how are we rating as parents at the moment? And I asked him this two nights ago over the dinner table and he gave me a 10 out of 10. So that is the best thing that has happened to me this week. Oh, my gosh, that is so cute. And how long have you been shooting for a perfect 10? (laughs) <laughs> oh, you, you know, no, he, he actually always gives us a 10, which is really sweet. But, I, you know, I explain to him every time, I'm like, is there anything? You know, is there is there anything I can do to improve? And he continues to say, no, you, you are a 10. So um, maybe I should ask him one time when I'm losing it as we're trying to get out the door in, on on time for school and then ask him how can I how can I do better he might have a different answer <laughs> yeah bless him he's probably just 10 and just really doesn't want to criticize you know so still so tiny yeah he's mm. so gorgeous that's beautiful okay so a lot of people will have heard the intro I just gave just talking about a few gorgeous pieces in your amazing career so far But for those of the listeners out there who aren't super familiar with your work, I'd love for you to share, I guess, what led you to a place where you felt like, you you know, that that place where a lot of people who write a book get to this place where you think, God, I figured a few things out and I really think I need to to put this all together in – into something that's going to help other people figure this stuff out too. And I think Mastering Your Mean Girl is just such an amazing book and I'd love to start there, but, you know, there's so many career twists and turns that you've had. But what, what do you think meant that you, you got to this place where you wanted to share some really practical advice on a wide scale for others? Hmm. I guess for me, in, in, for those who have read my book, in 2010, I hit rock bottom and ended up in hospital very unwell and very unhappy. And from that point, laying in that hospital bed, I realized something quite potent. And that was that 
I was fully responsible for getting myself there. And that was quite a rude shock and a big awakening for myself. But I then also had this other realization soon after that realization. And it was, okay, well, if I got myself there, I can get myself out. And I thought, okay, what is the most tangible thing that I can do right now? And at that time in my life, my health was an absolute mess. So that was where I first started. I first started getting my health sorted. And I went on to study holistic nutrition and really cleaned up that area of my life. And I began a blog, which back then not many people had heard of. And because this was, you know, going on seven years ago now. And I started sharing what I was learning about health and wellness and mindset and the power of your mind and the law of attraction and all of these amazing things that I was learning. I just started sharing very vulnerably on my website. And all of these women were, go- were, were coming up to me going, oh, my God, I thought I was the only one. Mm. I thought I was the only one that struggled with this inner critic or this inner mean girl, as I call it. And from there, I continued to go down this rabbit hole of sharing and being really vulnerable because I realized that so many other people were also resonating with this and it was helping so many people. It was also quite nice for me to realize that I wasn't the only one. Yeah. That I wasn't the only one that had these inner limiting fear-based thoughts because that's what I had previously thought. I thought I was the only person that thought I wasn't good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, skinny enough, successful enough, worthy enough, etc. But when I started sharing all of this and what I was learning, I realized that we are all the same. We are all one. We all struggle with these same things. And after that, I began writing ebooks, running workshops, creating online programs and courses. And there wasn't one defying moment where I thought, I'm going to write a book. Mm. It kind of just all snowballed from there and just evolved. And, you know, I live very much now in the flow. And I live very much from my intuition. And it just presented itself at the most perfect time. And, you know, it's been received so well because now more than ever, people are wanting to live their best life, wanting to be the best version of themselves. People are sick and tired of suffering and wanting to live a different way because they're now being told or reminded that there is another way. Mm. And don't you think like the key in all of that is exactly what you just said, which is the living the best version of themselves, not Mm -hmm. of somebody else that they're trying to copy. And that's what I love about the way you write. It's about helping people look into themselves and find the answers rather than, you know, so much of what we see in wellness, which is copy everything I do and you'll feel fabulous. You know, it's more about practical steps to get curious about your own whys and your own ways that you tick and your own patterns that you need to break to get to where you want to go, not to arrive where someone else is with 
goals that are never going to sit right and you're probably never going to attain because the fire wasn't in your belly and you weren't connected to them in the first place. Mm, Exactly. Why do you think humans are so apocalyptic? Why do you think we wait until the SHIT hits the proverbial fan before we have these epiphanies? Hmm, sometimes I guess, you know, the universe is always giving us these little nudges to get back onto our true path. And it's always, you know, trying to just nudge you a little bit, right? And sometimes we ignore those nudges and I ignored them for many years. So prior to me ending up in hospital, I had warning signs for Mm. years to sort myself out, sort my health and my life out. And I ignored them. I just downed it with more Panadol, drugs and alcohol and kept on forging forward. But for some people, me included, is I needed a bigger wake-up call from the universe. I needed the rug pulled out from under my feet in order for my life to change course. If that didn't happen, I may still be partying and trashing my body and, you know, living the way I used to live. So I guess, you know, some people don't require those dramatic times of adversity and some people do. And I was one of those people that did need that. But when you are so in tune with yourself and your intuition, you become accustomed to those little nudges like you can really hear them and feel them and that's the muscle that you want to strengthen you want to be so connected with yourself and in tune with yourself that when the universe does give you that little nudge you pay attention and you act accordingly and whether you need to pivot you pivot fast so don't wait for those dramatic times where the rug is pulled out from underneath you, be present now, get into your body now, tune inward and listen to any of those nudges now before we, before it's, it's not too late, but before you get a slap across the face. Mm, I don't think I know a friend out there who, who didn't have to have like some, you know, I know it happened to me. I share my chronic tonsillitis story a lot and a few other things that happened along the way that woke me up. But I just, I totally believe it is a muscle and I totally believe it's about tuning in and strengthening it and and not waiting until it's a huge sign, but more paying attention to the teeny tiny signs along the way. Now, you're huge on self-care, obviously, um, and I love your self-care Sundays hashtag. We're going to make everybody do those from this week's show so that we can all inspire each other. But why do you think women have a propensity to not be kind to ourselves? What is up with that? Well, two things. We have very, very loud inner mean girls and you know, maybe we have watched our mother or sister growing up who didn't take care of themselves. So we, we watched that. But for me, you know, self-care, we teach what we most need to learn. Mm. And self-care and self-love is what I teach. So what does that tell you about me? They're mm. the, the two biggest things that I need to learn and work on myself. Mm. 
because up until 2010, I trashed my body. I had an eating disorder and I thought my body was the root of all evil. Now I treat my body like a temple Mm. and I love and respect it, but I've had to work to get to that place. I've had to work isn't the right word. I've had to be very mindful and conscious to practice that. So it's interesting why so many people struggle with it is I think, you know, we've watched what we've watched growing up, whether that's from our mum or school teacher or friend, and also tuning into collective consciousness. You know, it's it's now becoming cool to do self-care Sundays, hashtag self-care Sundays. Yeah. Like it's now cool t- to look after yourself. And I don't care. I'm like whether it's cool or not, like I don't care as long as people get on board. Yeah, it's but essential. It's, it's mm. essential. It's now, you know, it's now so important. But for me, when I first embarked on this journey, I had a lot of mastering my own mean girl that I needed to do to bust through that guilt around looking after myself. You don't deserve this. How self-indulgent. Get over yourself. You don't deserve to spend money on that. You're not worthy of X, Y, and Z. So I had to do a lot of mastering of my mean girl around that. I'm now at a point where self-care and self-love is essential. It is my number one priority in my life. And the reason being is because Because if I don't look after myself, then I can't show up as the best stepmom, the best wife, the best business partner, the best, you know, team player, the best friend, the best daughter. I cannot show up to the world as the fullest, best version of myself if I am empty. Mm -hmm. So I know the importance of self-care and self-love. I know that it is vital for me showing up as the best me. The days where I don't do it, I am this shitty, cranky, half-assed version of myself. And we all need to master our mean girls a little bit more and take some more care of ourselves, whatever that looks like for you. And it's really important to create little things that are right for you because what's right for me might not be right for you. You know, just even sitting and breathing for three minutes or having a cup of tea in silence, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel really good, just try and do at least one of those things every day. Mm, I think that's so important, again, to tailor it to what you find fills up your cup and is your version of self-care rather than, you know, seeing someone do something on Instagram and thinking, oh, I, I guess I should do that to look after myself. And then it's like this stressed out, you know, a lot of people do that. And how, as someone who's really well known out there, do you actively promote people looking? I mean, you do actually, I don't even need to ask you that question. It's actually one of the beautiful things about you is that, you know, you make people show off and demonstrate their own versions of um, what self-care means to them. What does it mean to you? What are some of your favorite things to do for yourself? Hmm. On a daily basis, you know, I meditate. That is, you know, I meditate twice a day. I do 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. Ah, like Vedic. Yeah. Yes, I do. I do two slots a day. And for me, that is just, you know, essential. It's absolutely essential. It, and then everything else is a bonus. So, 
If I get in an ocean swim, that's a bonus. If I get in a sauna, that's a bonus. We have a sauna in our house, by the way. Oh, that is such a life goal of mine. I'm so oh, going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. We converted one of our showers into an infrared sauna. Which oh, is what amazing. a great idea. Yeah. It's yeah. very cool. And, you know, if I get in a walk on the beach, bonus. Movement, movement is a, is another non-negotiable. So I'll do some sort of yoga or walking or um, training. I do training twice a week. But meditation and movement are essential and then everything else is like this juicy bonus. I don't beat myself up if I don't get it in and, I, and I'm not hell-bent, you know, if, if I can't make it happen. I used to be and now I live my life a lot more in flow and, you know, I want to bring ease and softness to everything that I do because life is so much more enjoyable when you do. It is and we have to be more flexible, you know, you just mm-hmm. have to be. It's like the rigidity of thinking I eat organic and I only eat organic and then you're stressing yourself out if you're caught in a food court somewhere and, you know, that, that meal's just not going to be organic and to just go with the flow in, in some areas, you didn't get your walk in, maybe the salad and chook wasn't, you know, the, the best version of that that you would normally choose at home but flow is essential. I totally agree to our mental health as we start to make better choices. If we don't have that sense of flow and flexibility and and just seeing where the day goes and going along with it when we want to and need to, then you can end up actually quite stressed about trying to create a better life for yourself. What do you mm-hmm. say to those people who have, you know, because I think a lot of people mean so well when we want to take in these positive choices and, and, and change some of the things we're doing and bring in more self-care. What do you say to people to protect themselves along the way and not get stressed out about it? Mm. I think it's it's very easy to compare ourselves to other people like you mentioned before and comparing on social media. I think it's really important to find what works for you and then have the awareness that your main girl may pop up and she's the one that is going to make you feel stressed if you don't get it in or overwhelmed by what you've got in front of you. I think if you can commit to doing one thing for yourself every morning, then that's a great start. We don't need to jam pack our schedule. And I am a type A, very driven overachiever. And this is something I've been working on because it's amazing because I get a lot done, but it also can burn out my adrenal glands. And it can also put me in that fight or flight cortisol state which kind of undoes all of my good work <laughs> that I'm, you know, all my meditating and all of my Zen practices. So I really am super mindful now to just not put that pressure and stress on myself, not let my mean girl tell me that I've got to do more. I've got to go faster. I've got to achieve more. I've got to tick off more in my to-do list. I have to get my inbox to zero. I've got to respond to every single comment. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I don't, I don't want to live like that anymore. You know, so this is something that I'm actively working on 
to just bring, like I said before, more ease and more softness to everything that I do, even my self-care. Beautiful. And speaking of beautiful, you radiate joy, Melissa. And, you know, like every picture that you share online, there's this real sense that you are exactly as you say your book helps people be wildly happy. And, you know, when I look around and I think of friends, people I know, the schoolyard, there's a lot of stressed faces. There's a lot of angry people. There's still a lot of gossip around, which is such a useless thing to do. There's, you know, there's, there isn't always a sense of wildly happy. In fact, I would even hazard a guess that it's actually quite a rare emotion to feel for the modern woman or, or man, actually, anyone. What are your tips for really like hooking into the joy. It's in us all, but how do we bring it out and how do we feel it more every day? Something I realized many years ago was that I am responsible for my own happiness and joy. Mm. And I am the only one that is going to cultivate that and create that in my own life. I have one of my um, beautiful friends who lives in LA and she she is wildly happy, right? Yeah. And I sat her down maybe five years ago and I just said, you are always so happy and you're, you're always doing spontaneous adventures and you're always doing crazy things. Like one day she's chasing waterfalls, like literally, you know, waterfall hopping somewhere down the Blue Mountains. The next day they're – BMX riding and like her life is just like the epitome of happiness on Instagram, you know? Yeah. And she said to me, Melissa, you are responsible for your own adventure and joy and happiness. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because I had been sitting back waiting for happiness and joy to come to me, to be served to me on a silver freaking platter. Like mm-hmm. how ignorant is that? <laughs> like get over yourself. Yeah. Seriously. Like who do you think you are? You have to create your own happiness, your own joy, and your own adventure in your life. And every single day I wake up and I ask myself, what will make me feel so joyful or happy today? Like what will bring me the most joy and happiness? And I do whatever that is. Maybe that is a walk along the beach. Maybe that is making love, you know. Maybe that is catching up with a girlfriend or or making a phone call or reading in the sun or whatever it is. But, you know, I make sure that I am responsible for my happiness and my joy and no one else, not my husband, not my kid, not my friends, I am responsible for that joy. I also want to point out that I don't always feel bursting with happiness <laughs> and, you know, I don't no. always, I'm not always feeling <laughs> rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. I hate You mean you get electricity bills as well? I do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Revelation. And, and fines, parking fines. I get those. <laughs> you know, unfortunately. But I think it's really important. We're all the same. Like there's there's no separation, you know. We're all special and no one's special. Mm. And striving to feel 
one way, whether that's bursting with happiness, is kind of going to make you go a little bit cray-cray. You know, we are going to feel all the different emotions for the rest of our life. What gives you strength is how you deal with when they come up. So how you deal with the anger, how you deal with the frustration, the overwhelm, the stress, the sadness, the happiness, the joy, when that emotional wave shows up, how do you deal with it? Mm. Do you resist it or do you let it wash over you like a wave in the ocean? You know, that's true strength. That's what I think. I totally agree. And this was confirmed by one of the most amazing women in our country, Dame Quentin Bryce, our ex-Governor General. I was at the Business Chicks Brecky a couple of weeks ago and she was the invitee that morning and she was being interviewed and she said, you know, it's so easy. The default position is actually to work yourself into the ground and and let life pass you by. The true discipline comes from taking care of yourself And knowing that we were going to be having this chat today, I was like, yep, that's going on a quote straight to Instagram. (laughs) It's going to be a beautiful month where we just start to plant that seed. And I really think, you know, once you tap into joy, let it be addictive and let yourself really be present to that moment of the feeling of the sun hitting your cheek, the words on the page you've chosen to read and the deliciousness of the coffee that you've got with you and all of those things together and, and really get in tune with how great it feels because mm. quite often when we're not present to it and we don't actually dip right into the joy of that moment, just like watching our child light up. You know, I, I was having this conversation about, you know, how kids ramble on so passionately about the stuff they're into um, and my son's massively into Bionicles, Lego. and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Ollie said to me, my husband, gosh, you act so interested. It's amazing. <laughs> mm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not acting. Like I choose instead of being frustrated by the fact that I'm not into Bionicles myself and thinking there are a billion things I'd prefer to be talking about right now, I then feed off his joy and actually let it become mine. And that's something mm. I've learned to do as a parent, which I think has then brought me to the present feeling of like getting totally caught up in that joy and it's it's both addictive and contagious and the best kind of drug going really Mm. Mm, absolutely yeah I absolutely agree and I wanted to also mention talking about you know self-care what we're talking about before this just I just it just popped into my head I remember watching my mum grow up growing up and always putting every single person before herself. So never honoring herself, never filling her self-love cup up. And that just came to me then when we were talking about self-care before, because I think what we see is what we think is real. Mm. But when you kind of remember that there is another way that we can look after ourselves, that self-care, what, you know, what you were experiencing at the Business Chicks event, you know, it is imperative. It's one of the best skills that we need to master is just radical self-care and self-compassion, self-love. Oh, it absolutely is. 
And we know we need to do it. We know we want to do it. We know it feels amazing when we do do it and we really tune into how delicious it feels. So why do you think we feel wildly guilty about it? Because I know so many people still do. Mm. Like how do, how do we get our families like literally pushing us out the door to do whatever it is we want to do without feeling that sense of, oh, but because I'm taking care of myself, that means I'm not caring about you guys. Mm. I think guilt comes from your inner mean girl. You mm. know, she's she's the one that's telling us you shouldn't be doing this or how indulgent of you or get over yourself. You don't deserve two minutes to sip that tea. Mm. Your kids need you. How dare you, you know? Mm. So I think mastering your mean girl is definitely imperative for radical self-care and radical self-love. Like that is an absolute given otherwise you'll just continue to feel guilty you, you your mean girl will continue to make you feel guilty about doing anything for yourself and do you know what like when you have kids and I'm I'm curious to know if you felt this you do like when I first became a stepmom or when I first came into Leo's life I felt radically guilty mm. but I then realized that I was then taking out that guilt on him. So I was uh, I was feeling guilty within myself for going and looking after myself. So I wouldn't go and do the things that I that I loved and I would be with Leo but out of frustration, not because I really wanted to be there. Mm. And so then I was funneling that anger into him and then I would explode. And my husband's like, whoa, what the hell is going on here? Mm. And he could see that it's because I wasn't taking time for myself. So I would then change that around and I started really mastering my main goal and going and filling myself up. And then as a result, I would show up as a much nicer stepmom and a much nicer wife and friend and daughter. So we need to master our inner mean girl. Otherwise, she is just going to keep pulling the guilt card on you. Mm, yeah. And then with our family, I think practicing what I call CCC, and that is crystal clear communication. Nice. And not many people practice this. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Whenever there is a breakdown in any relationship, someone hasn't practiced crystal clear communication. And this is how my husband and I talk now. Like he will say to me, I'm so sorry, darling. I, I didn't practice crystal clear communication in that moment. And I was vague and I thought you could read my mind, but there's been a communication breakdown and this is what I meant. And then it's dissolved. But, and when we practice this and we speak from our heart, crystal clear communication is when you drop into your heart space and you speak from your heart space clearly, not wishy-washy, you express exactly how you feel from your heart. But what most of us do, are we are quite vague, we're wishy-washy and we speak from our head. But when we speak from our head, we reach that other person's head. When we speak from our heart, we reach their heart. So when you sit your family down and you open your heart and you say, I love you guys so much, but I need five minutes to meditate in the morning and I would really appreciate if Sally you could just do some reading 
Matt, you could go and play with your Lego and your husband, you could just get your own breakfast just while I sat and breathed for five minutes. It's going to make me feel so good. I'm going to show up as the, a better version of myself and go out into the day with a smile on my face. What do you guys think? They're going to go, sure, no worries. Mm. Do whatever you got to do, mum. Great. Go for it. But what most of us do is we get to that point where it's just like you said, that hits the fan. Yeah. And we lose it or, you know, and we take it out on them. But if we can get to crystal clear communication first, then we'll stop that happening. Totally. You can also, you will inspire your kids. You'll inspire your partner by taking care of yourself. You know, it's so inspiring. I like high five my husband when he's like, you know what, babe? I have so much to do. I have a to-do list as long as the Thames. But right now in this moment, I just want to go for a walk along the beach. And I'm like, amazing, go for it, enjoy, soak it up, have a swim. And that's inspiring because in that moment he's honoring himself and he's tuning into his body. He's being present Mm. to what is and honoring that. But what a lot of us do, myself included, is we – suppress it and we just keep forging forward and then that's when you kind of get these little niggles from the universe or you know your adrenals start to burn out a little yeah and it's so true like when you're speaking from your heart the people that love you conspire to help you you know and they they get behind you because you've really laid it bare and said I need this and you know no one who loves you is going to say I appreciate that but we've got a lot to get done you know no one's going to say that to you when you've been so vulnerable so it's a beautiful tip and uh, and I think that I'm taking the three C's with me and I'm seeing where I can apply them this week I'm going to challenge myself even though my husband and I are actually pretty good at it you know, I think we can always just keep an eye on that because it's so easy to let it slip as well, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Mm. Another question I'd love to ask you because you speak to this in your book as well is around wealth and I'd love to see why you think women shy away from personal wealth building. I'm not saying there aren't people thinking about their future wealth and how they're how they're building it but more even sort of shy away about the money conversation, asset growth. I notice my friends don't even like talking about how much they're earning on something or sharing goals or people get really funny around money, especially women. Men are far more likely to talk about these things with their mates and and share the knowledge. Why do you think that is? Mm, it, It comes back to In a Mean Girl again and the money story that she is telling us. And again, that money story may have come from our parents or a school teacher or something that we've watched or learned as a child. Uh, But usually our money story is formed from our parents. And, you know, she will then take hold of those money beliefs and story and that will dictate your life and dictate how much abundance you call into your life. And I've had to rewrite my money story because I realized that I was carrying around very limiting money beliefs and wealth beliefs, wealth creation beliefs. But money, just like everything, is energy. Mm. It is 
energy and we have to treat it like like it's an entity that is abundant and the more dogma we have around it the more it's going to control us and money is always abundant it's just what we choose to believe and what we choose to tap into so I would personally if you are someone who is struggling to create wealth and abundance I would look at your money story like what are you constantly telling yourself about money I can't afford it I'm never going to have enough I can't make money from x whatever it is be super mindful of what your mean girl is currently telling you and then rewrite it rewrite your money story what do you that your higher self believe about money, not what you saw growing up, not the limiting beliefs that your mean girl is telling you, but what is your true meaning around money? Because I believe money is just energy and money will show up for that which is true for me and it flows in and out and it's just an entity. And our job is to not let it control us and let it be a source for good and what what you choose to invest your money in on your time in is your choice but use it for the greater good to serve and to help people and you will feel rich and abundant in all areas of your life oh that's beautiful i love that i so subscribe to that absolutely i'd i'd love to point people obviously to the book because i think it's something every woman should read so we've got all of the links in the show notes for everybody because you can kind of get it all over the place, which is great, really easy to access. But to finish, I wouldn't mind throwing you a bit of a tricky question. It's hard to hone in when there's so many beautiful layers to creating um, um, your own version of what a, a gorgeous life looks like. But if you could pick from everything that you've been through and, and think and everything that you've kind of distilled what the three things you have done on your own journey that have meant the most towards your overall happiness, what would they be? Mm, mastering my mean girl. <laughs> Clearly, tick, yes. Definitely. <laughs> and just so everyone knows, I'm still mastering her. You mm. know, like it's, it, it is a daily practice mm. and it's like anything, the more you practice it, the better you get at it. I'm pretty good at it now because I've been doing it for seven years. So, you know, I don't really have those limiting beliefs anymore. I don't really, sure, fear will pop up occasionally, but I don't have those, you're not good enough, you know, skinny enough, pretty enough, worthy enough. I don't really have those like I used to because I've worked my butt off at mastering her. And that has been one of the most rewarding um rewarding things I've done definitely to creating a beautiful life is learning how to master my own mean girl and I have a three-step process which you can check out in my book um, it's a very simple three-step process that will radically change your life do you want me to tell you it now oh yeah okay <laughs> and then I'll go back I'll go back to the question but yeah, yeah. basically 
whenever any limiting fear-based thought pops up into your head, any thought, any mean girl thoughts, so say it's you're not good enough, you can't do this, you're not skinny enough, uh, you'll never get out of debt, you'll never meet the guy, who do you think you are, you can't make money from that, whatever it is, okay? So when that thought comes up, the first thing you need to do is be aware of it, right? Yeah. And you go, okay, cool, there's my mean girl again, right? Thanks for popping up. The second thing you do is you gently close the door on her. So instead of inviting that thought in to come in, have a sleepover, wear your clothes, you know, eat all your organic food, you just like an annoying salesperson who comes knocking on your door, when your mean girl comes knocking on your mental door to say, you, you're not good enough, you're never going to meet the guy, you say, thank you, but no, thank you, I'm not interested today. Mm. And you close the door. That's it. Okay. She will elbow the door and try and push the door down. Don't get me wrong. But you need to be confident in yourself and say, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm too busy living my dream life right now. I'm not interested. And the third step is you choose love instead. So you come back into your heart space and you ask yourself, really? Am I really never going to meet the guy? Like, do I have hardcore evidence? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do I have proof, uh, documented proof? And even then, is it legit? My 28-year-old self really needed to hear that. <laughs> totally. I think I remember telling myself that too. Get yourself <laughs> off the couch, go to I a bar. I used to tell myself that I'm going to be the single cat lady. <laughs> yes, so did I. I had a plan to move to Paris with my bestie and get cats. Yeah, <laughs> that was oh our God, that was our long term succession plan. If it all turned to poop here, <laughs> yep. So we that's the little three step process. Yeah, and if you want to live a beautiful life, whatever that looks like for you, because it's going to look different to me to what it looks like for you. If you want to live a beautiful life, learning how to master your mean girl, which is mastering fear, mm. is the key to a beautiful life. The second thing that I believe is um, that is really important to living a beautiful life is, you know, self-care and self-love, looking after yourself, really nourishing your body, your mind, your soul, your temple, everything, becoming the most in love with yourself, overflowing with self-care, overflowing with self-love. And just looking after yourself because if you don't have your health, you can't do what you want to do. Mm. So becoming the master of self-care or the queen of self-care, people say to me, they say, you are the queen of self-care. And I say, well, I teach what I most need to learn. Oh, I hear you on that front. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that is the second thing. And then the third thing is being of service. Mm. Nothing is more rewarding and beautiful than serving others and taking your attention, although my second thing was all about self, is then taking the attention off yourself and serving others. You know, there are days where I can feel so funky and I can go do something, random act of kindness for someone else and it will radically lift my mood. And I do it without recognition, without wanting praise or expectations. You just do it because and being of service and helping and supporting and inspiring other people 
you you will live such a beautiful life. You get back so much from that. You feel so full when you do that. So they're my top three things to living a beautiful, abundant life. Oh, I love them. Thank you so much for sharing and thanks so much for giving us a squeeze into um, Mastering Your Mean Girl. I didn't want to assume that you were going to share the the deep secrets of the book with us, <laughs> so that's an extra treat. But please, everybody, go out and get that book. It's something that should live on your coffee table that you should pick up daily until you really feel like you have started to master your own mean girl because I think it's something we all need to make a big priority. We've got lots of decades left and we don't want to live them being mean to ourselves. There's absolutely no point in doing that. So thank you so much for joining me today. That was such a great chat and I really value what you have to say and I just think there's so much food for thought in what's come out today. It's going to make a lot of people a lot happier. Mm, thank you so much for allowing me to express yeah, come and check out my my blog, melissaambrosini.com and masteringamingo.com and I've got a podcast and a new book coming out next year as well. So you know what? Just come and introduce yourself on social media. I hang out a lot on Instagram. It's so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Check out the show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. And if you wanted to maybe share a quote and something that really jumped out for you, you can find us on Instagram at lowtoxlife or simply hashtag lowtoxlife across social media. I absolutely love bringing you the show. Thank you for any of the star ratings or one-line reviews that you guys have left. It helps me know what you've been loving and what you'd love to see more of. I'll see you next week. Pa, pa.